Stocks are ramping up as the NASDAQ leads the charge. Growth stocks doing the best. Sure has some Fed pivot vibes to it. Maybe investors should be careful what they wish for. That's one of the messages from Kevin Gordon's analysis joining us to kick off our Schwab panel here, senior investment strategist. Okay, Kevin, tell me what you mean by that. If investors are rooting for deflation, disinflation, should they be careful what they're wishing for? Uh, to some extent, yeah. If it's tied to uh, you know a significant tightening in lending conditions and then overall credit conditions in the broader economy, um, you know, courtesy of what's happened with SVB and then the fallout thereafter, uh, you could go back in history and look at prior instances of a credit-driven, a uh, credit crunch-driven deflationary episode. And when you reverse from inflation to either significant disinflation or deflation. It's typically a really bearish sign for the economy. Eventually, that's you know coinciding with the Fed cutting cycle, and then you enter a new uh, you know a new cycle itself, and then it's better for risk assets uh, maybe longer term. But I just think in the near term, if the hope is that you know on the part of investors that um, you know a cutting cycle with a credit crunch with a deflationary bust um, is somehow bullish, I, you know I wouldn't really attach bullish to that sort of event unfolding. Okay, and uh, our conversation with Colin Roche at the top of the show suggests we should expect some of that event to unfold with uh, further uh, credit tightening and worsening conditions. And Jeff, uh, welcome to the show. Mr. Klein Top, jumping on with us. So uh, the market today has got this kind of, uh, it seems like, um, the sort of Fed-centric bid to it. I mean, maybe not perfect. We got a dollar that's a little bit higher here, uh, but there's also been some strength in international companies too. I mean, like, is this just sort of like a global relief trade, maybe the past uh, uh, few sessions on this bank situation getting kind of cordoned off, maybe put to the side? Yeah, maybe with the, the bank stress fading a little bit, we're perhaps seeing a, a return to the focus of uh, uh, the, the better economic data we've been seeing. Right, so we're heading into an earnings season, which looks like maybe the numbers might come in a little better than expected, given the survey numbers, like on the PMI, which came in better than expected. Often, that's a good leading indicator for where earnings are headed for the quarter. But I note that trying to find a trend in all this is hard on a day-to-day -day basis. You know that better than anybody. The markets had to shift from fears of recession in January to overheating inflation worries in February to a financial crisis in March. And that's driven a lot of volatility and leadership changes. I've been focused on the fact that each month this year, international stocks have outperformed U.S. stocks. They're now ahead by nearly 3% year-to-date, putting them on track for a solid 7% Q1 gain. And that could continue in April with earnings growth in Q1 expected to be positive 6% in Europe. That compares to negative numbers in the U.S. The European banks are not as Oh, I might have lost Jeff there again. Exposed to the risks oh, facing U.S. bank exposure. Oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, sorry, just, just I'll wrap up by saying a uh, big difference in PEs as well. So I think we can see that momentum continue. It's one trend that we might have been able to count on this year through all the volatility. Booyah. Okay, there's the point. Got it. Uh, that's pretty uh, impressive, the uh, resilience and the consistency of the international outperformance here. As we think about uh, the rest of this week, we got GDP, we got inflation. I mean, even if these things kind of fit the Fed pause narrative, these data points do fit that uh, narrative, Kevin. You point out that the pausing may, in fact, still be a form of tightening. So let's uh, get some more philosophy here. Tell us about what that means. 
Well, yeah, because if you get a continued deceleration in inflation, and then you have you know rates, even if the Fed hikes in May or not, uh, you know, 25 basis points, still 25 basis points. But if they're going to settle at a higher level and inflation continues to fall, puts upward pressure on real rates at a time when we've all been talking about you know kind of the the credit tightening um, that is in the pipeline that was already in the pipeline, but maybe exacerbated by what's happened over the past month. Um, so that's why I think that you know a pivot maybe to just a pause is not really a pause the way we were thinking about it a few months ago. I mean, you have to really keep in mind now, inflation, still the path of least resistance being down, even if it's going to be a stubborn path lower and a slow grind lower, that still means that real rates are going higher. Um, so I think we just need to reorient our thinking a little bit around inflation dynamics and how it now relates to a Fed even if they don't have to raise rates you know many more times this year um everything else that's gone on in you know financial conditions tightening in the real economy still puts more pressure uh, on real rates to the upside okay all right guys thanks for the check-in good uh, food for thought here as we get to the bulk of the economic data this week in the second half jeff klein and kevin gordon appreciate it guys bell just rang and we got a lot of green